Rabbi Yuri, thank you so much for that message. It was really practical, very useful, I think, to help us pay attention to how we can review our own lives, how we can look back, and we can see both the successes and the failures and learn from them. And I think as we're reading this Torah portion this week, we see this great emphasis on some of the failures of Israel, and it can cause us to to switch into sort of a uh, a critical view as if they were different than we are, when in fact, we read about the failures of Israel so that we can confront our own failures today. I think that this passage is meant to help us recognize our vulnerabilities and the ways that we too can sin and to push us towards the question, what can we do about our own vulnerability to sin? Let's look at Moses' recollection of the time when the Lord wanted to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. And if you remember, 12 leaders went out to spy out the land and to bring back a report to Moses. And his summary is in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 25. I'll read to you a few verses. The spies took some of the produce of the land and brought it down to us. They also brought back word to us. The land Adonai, our God, is giving to us is good. So they came back and they presented the produce, which was wonderful, and they made this declaration, the land the Lord our God is giving us is good. That was a positive perspective. And here Moses is underlining the good reports that were given. Not everybody gave a good report about everything, but it helps us understand, I think, what is essential for us and what was essential for them. To make a statement in their hearts, the land the Lord our God is giving us is good. And in the midst of our own current challenges and the global challenges, really, that everyone on the face of the earth is, is dealing with now, do we have this same positive attitude? The future with all of its challenges is a future which God is bringing us into. Let's keep that in mind. In fact, some of you, uh, I want you to underline this for yourself. Maybe you can write in the comment. The future, with all of its challenges, is a future which God is bringing us into. Some people have lost this sense that God is the master of our own destinies and that he has a future for us and he's bringing us into it. And they think that the bad news that they hear about, the reality of the difficulties that they're going through and what's ahead, they think of this often as being the future and only the future. And this is, I think, a terrible mistake. Let's keep in mind that God is not just concerned about the past. He's concerned about the present and the future as well. Now to verse 26. Here it switches over to the negative assessment. But you would not go up. Instead, you rebelled against the order, the command of Adonai your God. And in your tents, you complained. And this was the complaint that follows. It's because the Lord hated us that he brought us out of the land of Egypt only to hand us over to the Amori, to the Amorites, to destroy us. What sort of place is it that we're headed for? Our brothers made our courage fail when they said the people are bigger 
and taller than we are. The cities are great and fortified up to the sky. And finally, we've seen the Anakim, the giants there. These were the complaints that people spoke out loud to each other when they were in the privacy of their own home. Look at the complaints because they were really complaints against God. The Lord hated us. It's like saying the Lord is cruel. The Lord is mean. He brought us out of Egypt just so he could hand us over to the Amorites to destroy us. Now, when our souls complain like that, we're already in big trouble. We're suspicious. We're negative. We see every challenge as a time of defeat. And we give into discouragement. Courage fails. What do we need at such times? It's a good question. What do we need now? We need courage. We need faith. And we need a sense of hope and a future. Three things that are very valuable that we can assess. Courage, faith, a sense of hope, and future. One of the ways that we can fortify ourselves is to read scriptures that speak directly to something that we need. If you're hopeless, read scriptures about hope. If, if, if you're um, discouraged, read scriptures about courage. Don't just wallow in your misery. Don't just retreat into the despair of your soul, but renew yourself strengthen yourself, fortify yourself. It's like good food, good vitamins. Eat something useful from the scriptures. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 is one of my favorite scriptures. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Well, that's good to know. The Lord knows the plans that he has for us. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope, and a future. Their plans for good, the scripture says. The Lord says, I have a plan to prosper you, to give you shalom, not for disaster or not for harm, not evil plans, not bad plans, not even neutral plans, but plans for good. They are also intended to give you a future and a hope. Tikva, hope is something that we can get from the Lord. And I know that there are many times when people lose hope and then they just begin to critique the world around them and they reinforce their hopelessness by the circumstances that they're in. But I can tell you that is not a, a satisfactory way of dealing with hopelessness. When a person has hopelessness, it means they do not have hope. Well, what do they need? They need hope. And so it's important, it's useful for us to refresh ourselves and to strengthen ourselves. One of the most significant ways that we can do this is to remember the promise of the new covenant that we have become new creations. We're not just the same old people that we were when we first came to the Lord. We're not just the same people we were when we were struggling, wondering what is life all about, considering so many things, but from a wrong perspective. 
we are not the same old people who have just been put in new spiritual clothes, if I could use that metaphor. You just haven't been dressed up. That's not what's happened. You've been changed from the inside out. You're a new person, a new creation. And I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah... He or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. And then it uses this word, behold, which is, I think, sort of an archaic word. Better to say, look out, look out, the new has come. That's a great comment to put into uh, our comment section. Look out, exclamation point, the new has come, exclamation point. Look out, everyone. The new has come. You're not stuck in your past. You are not just the old you who is trying to cope with new circumstances. You are a new creation. Verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You and I are new creations. Why don't you write that in the comment section? We are new creations. Every one of us, young and old, male and female, slave and free, black and white, Jew and Gentile, regardless of your station in life, the rich and the poor, the frail and the infirm, we are new creations. Every one of us who is in Messiah is a new creation. And look out, the new has come. We've been reconciled to God through Messiah. We've been given as well the ministry of reconciliation. I want to emphasize this. The reconciliation that you and I have experienced because we've come to the Lord through Messiah, it gives us a new advantage in life. We can help others be reconciled to God and to each other. And that is so awesome. I think it's useful for us to remember this, that you and I have been reconciled to God, and that everyone who desires to be reconciled and is willing to to seek the Lord with all their heart, everyone who's willing to get to the end of their own devices and to say to the Lord, only you can save me. Only you can fix what's broken inside of me. Only you can change me from the inside out. Only you, Lord, can do it. When we get to that place, and then we really do turn to him, and it's not just for a moment, but it's for our lifetime. It's our new direction to stay focused on the Lord. We get reconciled to the Lord, and the sins that we've committed, God forgives, and that cleans us, and it also fixes the barrier of separation between us and the Lord and between us and other people. There are barriers that are clear and they're obvious in the age in which we're living. There there are barriers of culture and language and economy and education and social standing, of race, of age, of ethnicity. You can think of more as well. And the fact that we can see these barriers so clearly is important for us, but we can go through these barriers. We can go over these barriers. We can tear down these barriers. We can go around the barriers and necessary 
Sometimes we can even burrow underneath the barriers and get to the other side where we can be connected. Messiah fixes things in our life. He changes our potential. He changes our reality. It's not just the old you. Stop acting like the old you. You become a new person. Put on the new person. I want to encourage you to do that. Don't just try to cope with things the way the old you did it. Remember this, you are a new creation. We're, we're new men, new women, new creations. And this is connected to prophetic promises from Deuteronomy and from Ezekiel and others. I want to read to you these some of these promises. Deuteronomy 10 verse 16 says, Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. That's an interesting one. For all of us people who are stubborn, I know I am, this is very useful. Circumcise your hearts, therefore. What's part of the remedy? It's not just keeping the old heart, it's circumcising our hearts. And then not being stubborn or stiff-necked or resistant any longer. Let's stop blaming others. Let's stop blaming this cruel, unfair world that we're living in. Let's stop blaming God and let's get beyond that. Deuteronomy 30 verse 6 has a slight variance that I think is very important because in chapter 10, the word is circumcise your hearts. In Deuteronomy 30 verse 6, it says the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts. Oh, that's so very interesting. When you seek to circumcise your heart, then you will find out you can't do it. When you try to make yourself better and to really deal with the deepest spiritual issues, the ones that plague us because they are part of our normal existence, the hard-heartedness, the, the pushback that, that we give to God and to others. When we really try to deal with that, we could get to a place of despair, but we don't have to stay there. We should get to a place of reality where we can say, I need to circumcise my heart. I can't do it. How can you circumcise your heart? Deuteronomy 30 verse 6 explains the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants. That's an important statement because it tells us that God wants to do something with us and then he wants to pass it on and spread it down to our children, to our grandchildren, to the generations that haven't even been born yet. God has them in mind too. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that, oh, this is so interesting, so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. It's so interesting. How do we get this circumcised heart? We have to repent. We have to turn to the Lord. We have to have that sober view of our inability to save ourselves. And then we have to confess our sins, knowing he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But how does he do that? How does he cover over our sins in a just way? How does he cleanse us? It is through the sacrifice that he himself gave through Messiah Yeshua. When God came down, 
and took on human form and became our kinsman redeemer. He did something for us we can't do for ourselves. And he provides a means by which we can be changed from the inside out. Where the Torah of God, according to Jeremiah 31, is written on our hearts. It's not just written on tablets of stone that we learn from. It's not just external to us. It is an absolute change in our nature and our ability to receive direction from the Lord. And this produces an effect so that you may love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and live. I remember when I was a young man and I was I was really trying to be a good husband and a good father and and I got frustrated with myself. I remember I was frustrated with uh, my obvious flaws. I mean, they were frustrating to me to see the the lack of character and to see the impatience that I had, and to see also the the lack of of godliness that that was in me i was I was just frustrated, and that was producing a kind of despair in me. I remember driving around. I would do this sometimes just to get space to get by myself and and I would talk to the Lord and I'd say, "Lord, I can't do this." And the Lord said, no, you can't, but I can do it with you and I can do it for you. And at that point, I thought, oh, but it's not just what I'm facing right now. There's other stuff because after I deal with this thing, whatever this thing is right now, there's more to come. Have you ever been on one of those quests to improve yourself and you set out to 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 remake yourself and you want to deal with one thing, then you want to deal with another. Well, in a sense, I was, I was doing that. And I was failing in certain areas and I couldn't make progress. But when I came to the Lord and expressed that to him, it's like, I can't make myself better in the condition that I'm in. I can't, do, I can't fix this. I felt like the Lord was very tender at that point, almost smiling, like, that's right, you can't fix it. I will fix some of these things for you. And when I put more of myself in you, the Lord was saying, then you can love me more. And at that point, I thought, well, that's good, but there's more to come. And I tried to imagine, because I was young, I was just in my early 20s, I tried to imagine how could God possibly fix some of the deepest stuff that was in me that needed a fix? And I said to the Lord, I don't understand how you could possibly deal with those things. And the Lord said, oh, there's even more than you can imagine. And at that moment, I laughed. I felt like he was laughing with me. It wasn't, it, it, I was desperate. I was uh, in despair. I was frustrated with myself and with my lack of ability to grow in the way that I knew I needed to. And I could see the obvious uh, fruit around me because of that. But when I was talking to the Lord, I could see he wasn't frustrated. He was glad that I was being honest and he was glad that I was telling him that I couldn't do it on my own. 
And that's when I understood that he was, he was almost chuckling, if you can imagine that. Because the things that I was concerned about were just the tip of the iceberg. There was so much more that needed the Lord. And even right now in these days and this time, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm like everyone else. I have days of frustration and I have times where I think I can't do this on my own. I can't do this. And the Lord says, that's right. This is some of the stuff that I told you I'd work on back in your 20s. Now that you're in your 60s, I'm still working on you. I'm telling you this, folks, so that you know that no matter how old you are, you may be in your 60s, but there's somebody else in their 70s. You may be in your 70s, there's somebody in their 80s. You may be in their 80s, and there are people in their 90s in 100 as well. Moses lived to 120. There are people who are older than you, and there are people that are younger than you. There are people who have uh, more to go through than you do. They have more time ahead than you do. And there are people with less time ahead than you do. But what makes us all the same is this. We need God's help, and we need him to make us into a new creation. In some ways, this new creation is step is is like how can i put it it's a sudden transformation but in other ways it's step by step the lord tells us in ezekiel 36 verse 26 some of the details about how, how all of this works i will give you a new heart ezekiel 36 verse 26 what a powerful scripture the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That is so awesome. I can't do it myself, but he will do it with me. When I turn to Messiah, when you turn to Messiah, when you put your trust in Messiah, you become new. And here are some of the details. Your heart of stone gets removed and you get a hard heart of flesh that's tender. You get a new heart and a new spirit as well. And those are things that God does for you. But when it comes to, to our part, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23. I'm thinking about what Rabbi Yuri said tonight, how he had a lot of scriptures to go to, to go through this, this time and more for tomorrow. And I think that's useful for us. If you take note of the scriptures, if you write them down, if you review the, the scripture passages and read them for yourself and take them in, if you meditate on them and you, you consider them uh, carefully, if you mull them over, if you ponder them before the Lord, if you say, Lord, what do you want to underline for me? How do you want to make this very practical for me? Then you'll get even more out of it than you're getting right now. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 22 and going to verse 24. Put off your former way of life. That's one part. Put off your former way of life. So separate yourself from how you used to live without God. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Put those off. We don't just cope with them. We don't just accept them. We don't just say, that's the way I am. No, there's something new. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit 
of your mind. That's an interesting turn of phrase, the spirit of your mind. The way you think is connected to a spiritual reality, your spirit, God's spirit, and the spiritual universe that you're a part of. Verse 24, and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new self. It's one thing to take off the old self, but you got to put on the new self. Don't be stuck in the past. You're not trapped by former things. You don't you don't have to be stuck in a rut, in a ditch in life. And if you hold on to God's purpose more than the forms that you're familiar with, the religious forms, then God will do a great and mighty thing for you. I'm thinking about how God has reinvented us and he's created us in a whole new way through Messiah. And, and we can reflect this. And when we do, we also can be open to a new kind of creativity and inventiveness that is really needed for this season in world history. And from a spiritual point of view, we need this. We need the positive, creative, can-do perspective. We need new hearts, new minds, and the ministry of reconciliation for sure. I want to close this message with a scripture that Sandy shared with me this week from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. And I want to encourage you, would you write that in the comment section yourself right now? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 15 and 18. I would love to see a lot of folks writing this right now because it is so useful. Starting in verse 15, therefore, brothers, brothers and sisters, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by epistle. And now may our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach himself, our God, our Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, may he comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. What a powerful and what a useful scripture. Thank you, Sandy, for sharing that with me today. I'm glad, Mishpacha, to share that with you today because I think it was useful for me and it's useful for you as well. May the Lord, who's loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace. What a great phrase. Can you write that in the comment section right now? Good hope by grace. May he comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word in work. I know some of you are going through real difficulty and uncertainty. Some of us are going through more difficult circumstances than maybe we've faced in recent memory or even in our lifetimes. And I want to tell you this, God can comfort you. He can establish you in every good word and every good work. He can console you with everlasting consolation, not just temporary, but everlasting. And he will give you good hope 
by grace. You won't be able to get it for yourself. It's something that's not merited, that's undeserved. It comes from the goodness of the Lord, not for our own goodness. So I hope that these words from Rabbi Yuri and from me and the word that Sandy shared that I just passed on to you, that these fortify you and strengthen you and encourage you. I want to also invite you to watch Cantor Aaron Jacobs' Torah teaser on our, first, on our Facebook page because these scriptures um, that we look at are wonderful to turn over and to look in different ways. And Aaron Jacobs, our Cantor, has published a Torah teaser for this week, and I encourage you to watch that on our Facebook page. I want to ask you to join with me with uh, in prayer for a few people Decro gave an update uh, that she and her husband Tom were requesting prayer for their daughter Jill and for their grandson Zachary. Their grandson had just graduated from high school in Clay County last Friday night, and they're so proud of him. But a friend of his exposed him to COVID a week ago Friday, and they became aware of it just a few days ago. And both of them suffer from allergies. They thought the fatigue they were feeling uh, was just the allergies, but Zachary lost his smell and taste, and they were thinking it was COVID, so they got tested, and results were going to come on Saturday. But here's the good news. They got the results in already today, and they are negative. They don't have COVID, but they did have a serious other, uh, you know, some other symptoms. And Jill is now feeling much better and she's no longer fatigued, and Zachary is regaining his senses of taste and smell as well as his energy. Dee sent this, Jill asked me to thank you so much for your prayer. She feels the Lord has blessed them, and we want to rejoice with them. Mishpacha, when you and I pray for people, it really makes a difference, and I'm glad to hear these good reports. And one other word, Tom and Dee had not seen them since they were exposed, so they're okay. They were keeping a safe distance. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the progress for Jill and for Zachary. And we thank you for the, the condition that they're now in where they are getting strong again and getting um, all of their capabilities back. Friends, we also want to pray for Maria Perez. She needs surgery for an aneurysm, uh, which is enlarged in an artery near her pancreas. She also has a four centimeter growth on her liver. She is traveling right now to Mexico, driving there with her daughter Yaslin. For, and um, when they arrive, then they'll schedule the surgery. And please pray for safety and protection as she travels and while she's in the hospital and for a complete and speedy recovery. Lord, thank you for Maria. We love Maria and we pray your best for her as she's driving with Yaslin, that they would be safe, that they would be protected. And we pray for the, the scheduling of the surgery and protection from everything that could create complication or difficulty in Yeshua's name. Amen. A few more updates. Uh, Sandra and Gary Jakes gave an update on the sickness they had after having been exposed to COVID-19. They sent this report. Good news. Gary and I have turned a corner and feel almost normal again. Taste coming back. Just need our strength back. Praying, praising the Lord for keeping us and thanking everyone for prayers and intercession to Yeshua be glory 
honor and praise. So Lord, thank you for bringing the Jakes out of uh, their sickness, restoring them and renewing them. We also got a good update from Lawrence Barrow. We were praying for his wife, Imelda, who had gastric bypass surgery, and he says, it went well. Please let everyone know how much I appreciate their prayers. Thank you, Lord, for Imelda's surgery, and thank you for protecting her. We pray for a complete recovery for her in the name of Yeshua. And then one more detail from Sam and Loris Chambers about their son and daughter-in-law and COVID-19. Um, this is what Sam sent. Our son Samuel tested positive for COVID-19, but only had a slight cough. He's now complaining of tightness in his chest. And his wife, Christina, who had previously tested negative, is starting to show signs as well. They have a young baby, Varian, who seems to be okay so far. Please lift them up in prayer, as this may be worse than we first believed. Lord, we lift up Samuel and we lift up Christina and baby Varian. We pray for healing for them. We pray for protection for them. We pray that they would recover, and instead of getting worse, they would start getting better. We ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. I know there's at least one person out there who's thinking, do you really believe you can pray for people who have COVID-19 and it makes a difference? And the answer is yes. We pray for all kinds of sickness, for all kinds of medical issues, all kinds of problems. And we know that God is a God who heals. He's a God who answers prayer. And it's up to the Lord to do the healing. We understand this. But it's up to us to pray for healing and to ask the Lord, what do you want to do? And then to stand together with faithful confidence in the goodness of the Lord. So that's why we pray. And it's so great when we get great answers from people and they're thankful. So I wanna encourage you, keep praying for people, take note of this. This is part of our ministry. Yeshua said, my house will be a house of prayer, right? My house will be a house of prayer. So we love to study together. We love to worship together. And we also love to pray together. It's a great part of our calling as a congregation at Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue, as part of the Messianic movement, as part of the body of Messiah. We are called to be a house of prayer, a, a people that prays, that seeks the Lord, and that's, that turns to God and cries out to God and gets answers from the Lord. Well, I want to thank everyone who is supporting Beth Israel faithfully, your steady giving, especially those who have set up recurring donations and contributions and tithes and offerings. Your faithful steadiness gives us stability. And it really is so important at this time. We appreciate your generosity, your cheerfulness, your sacrificial giving as well. And as we're doing the work preparing for in-sanctuary um, meetings again in the future, we know that there will be some additional expenses for the company that will do the disinfecting process for JSO, providing security as well. And we are thankful for everyone who is making special donations above and beyond your ties, special donations to cover those costs because they, they accumulate. And in the, the course of, of a month, it can be 
um, $1,800, even $2,000 above and beyond our normal budget. So thank you for your support to cover those costs. Some of you have been participating with us, and we're so glad that you join in with us as Mishpocha, studying together, worshiping together, praying together. And, and some of you today maybe are saying, I'd like to start supporting this, this Mishpocha at Beth Israel. I'd like to start supporting. Some of you have been podcast listeners and you're thinking it'd be good for me to stand shoulder to shoulder and to add my financial support. Or you've been, you discovered us on Facebook Live and we're new to you, but you're becoming part of this Mishpocha. I want to encourage you to go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving. And you can find out all the different ways that you can stand uh, with us financially. You can use our online platforms, Giving Fire and PayPal, which are very easy to use and to customize, to set up, and to also to adjust over time. They're very secure as well. We've never had a problem with either of them. You'll also find our mailing address, that you can use to send checks in the mail, as well to use uh, your, your bank's bill pay service to send funds to us. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your continuing support. And I can tell you this, as we stand together faithfully, we can do so much more together than we could ever do by ourselves. It's a blessing that we can stand together. And everyone who is a member and part of the Beth Israel Mishpocha, and everyone who is part of this family, who maybe you're living in another city and far away, but you consider this your Mishpocha too. All of us who are standing together, we are able to do so much more and to have such a greater impact together than we ever could. By yourselves. Thank you for your solidarity. Thank you for your hearts of generosity. Thank you for your cheerfulness. And thank you also for your perseverance together, for that um, endurance that you have, and that stick-to-itiveness, that Kadima attitude you have. Charge forward. You're going to move forward with God and with us. We appreciate that, and we need it so much. Well, we're going to close with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel, and then we'll return to the Rose family for a final worship song. So you can gather together now with family and friends. And, and here is the blessing of Aaron. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord guard you and protect you as he watches over you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. So from my wife Sandy and from me, Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>